Our scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 33. Then Jesus said, this is what God's kingdom is like. It's as though someone scattered seeds on the ground, then sleeps and wakes night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, but the farmer doesn't know how. The earth produces crops all by itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full head of grain. Whenever the crop is ready, the farmer goes out to cut the grain because it's harvest time. He continued, what's a good image for God's kingdom? What parable can I use to explain it? Consider a mustard seed. When scattered on the ground, it's the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But when it's planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all vegetable plants. It produces such large branches that the birds in the sky are able to nest in its shade. With many such parables, he continued to give them the word as much as they were able to hear. He spoke to them only in parables, then explained everything to his disciples when he was alone with them. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. We all want to be great. You know, there are all kinds of books out there about being great. You know, books like From Good to Great. There, there is even a book out there called Becoming Supernatural. Uh, you know, and, and to be fair, I, I did read Good to Great and I got a whole lot out of it. Uh, I have not read Becoming Supernatural, but it, it might be just completely awesome. But all these kind of works reveal something about our culture that we want to be the best. Striving for excellence is not a bad thing, but sometimes it can get in the way of who we are truly created to be. Uh, I read an article this week uh, about uh, an Australian nurse named uh, Bonnie Ware who spent several years caring for people in their last weeks of life. In fact, in a blog post and then later a book, she recorded these people's dying epiphanies, if you will, or, or, or realizations. And it's called the top five regrets of the dying. And, and, and here they are. Number five, I wish that I had let myself be happier. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And the number one regret, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. You know, when people come to the end of their life, I think they intuitively know this truth about following Jesus, that when we journey with Jesus, we're called to authenticity, not greatness. Now, during this uh, a season of Lent, 
the uh, 40 days leading up to Easter when we celebrate the resurrection, our church is reading together the gospel of Mark. Now, in Mark's gospel, one of the themes that keeps coming up is repentance. Uh, and, And for many of us, This word repentance makes us think of trying to figure out everything we did wrong and ask for forgiveness. I call that, uh, well, I don't call it, I got it from Kara Powell from Fuller Seminary, uh, the the gospel of sin management. You know, when we we try to figure out how to ask for forgiveness, we're all those things in our life that we did wrong. And, And to be fair to that word in the Greek, it's much more complicated than that. You know, in the Greek, the word is metanoia, which literally means to change your mind. Uh, In our first week of reading, we see that Simon, Andrew, James, and John changed not just their mind, but their entire way of life to follow Jesus. They even leave their families behind. Last week we saw that Jesus making the temple leaders uncomfortable because he's trying to change the way they think about Sabbath. Uh, This week, uh, if you've been reading along with us, uh, you read chapters four and five. And so if you haven't started doing that yet, we're only in chapter five, real easy to catch up. But, but in this section, the writer is setting up what this life in Jesus is all about. Uh, in chapter 4, we have these kingdom parables, these short parables that tell us what the kingdom of God looks like, what life in Jesus really looks like. Now, parables are just short stories that take Uh, common things to help describe just kind of complex issues. And and in these parables, Jesus is challenging us to change our minds on how we think about God working in the world. Uh, In the passage that Angie read for us today, we see two of these kingdom parables. The first one uh, is, The first one can only be found in the Gospel of Mark. It's not in any of the other Gospels. And in great Mark fashion, he gets straight to the point. Uh, This first parable is the the kindergarten experiment. Remember that? Robert Fulgham says in, in his poem about this kindergarten experiment with the styrofoam cup, he said, the roots go down and the plants go up and nobody really knows how or why, but we are all like that. In other words, the kingdom of God is going to take root whether in the world, whether in society, whether in our hearts, it will grow. And and perhaps so subtly that at times we don't even realize that the kingdom is growing around us. The kingdom in this parable is not dependent on human beings, but God. 
Uh, on a little side note, uh, a couple weeks ago, Tracy shared a story with me about a, uh, a farmer whose dog ate the insides of the pumpkin. And, and this dog pooped out the pumpkin seeds and created the farmer's best pumpkin vine in the whole farm. And, and, and it just really hits to what this passage in Mark says. Verse 20 said, says, uh, the farmer sleeps and wakes night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, but the farmer doesn't know how. <laughs> then Jesus shifts and tells a story about a mustard seed. And at first glance, it, it does reaffirm what, what we kind of believe about the kingdom of God, that through small things, mighty things can happen. Yet there's more. <laughs> there's more to this parable than just meets the eye. The reign of God won't just grow without us having a part. Jesus equates God's kingdom to this mustard seed. Uh, and what would be kind of interesting for them is that the mustard seed would have been a, considered a weed in their day. Now, can you imagine that? That Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like a weed. Maybe if it was in our day, Jesus would have said the kingdom of God is like a kudzu seed. It just grows wherever it wants to go. You know, I can imagine that some of the folks hearing this would have laughed a little bit and maybe even tune Jesus out a little bit. It seems that the reign of God is not a cash crop. It's a little bit of a headache. It's not easily eradicated. And, and to, to put that against what some of the Old Testament scriptures say, you know, they would have been used to hearing God being described in terms of nature. And in Daniel chapter 4, we find a similar story. And it reads like this. At the center of the earth was a towering tree. The tree grew in size and strength. It was as high as the sky. It could be seen from every corner of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful. Its fruit abundant. It had enough food for everyone. Wild animals took shade under it. Birds nested in its branches. All living things lived off that tree. The, the absurd part about Mark's parable was this choice of the mustard seed. Jesus compared the kingdom of God to at best a weed that causes a nuisance and at worst something that could destroy your farms rather than this mighty tree where everyone could look up to. It's because when we journey with Jesus, 
we are called to this authenticity, not to greatness. Uh, the human condition, it pushes us to achieve greatness, even to the detriment of ourselves. We connect better with becoming a grand tree that all can see and that can take care of things rather than a weed that just sprouts up and grows in the most odd, unfamiliar places. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, is not spread because of our work in making things great. You know, the most striking part of these two parables, I think, is that the way of God grows on its own, not because of us humans. What we need to do is sow the seeds and let Jesus do the rest. It means to sow seeds that do things that brings about change. Jesus is calling us to create small opportunities for the kingdom of God to grow and to thrive. It doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to be real. Uh, we say a lot around here that we should give Jesus our very best. And if we're not careful, we can falsely think that we're talking about being perfect or doing things in a grand way. But that's not what we mean at all. Instead of what we mean is when we give Jesus our best, we give our Jesus the best we have at any given moment. And sometimes that's just showing up. You know, this idea that, that the kingdom of God grows where it wills can be quite liberating for us, uh, we're not in charge of the success of the kingdom of God. We can take that off our list. We don't have to worry about that. What we do have to worry about is how will we bridge the gap between who we are and who God wants us to be so that we can just sow some seeds. And the first thing I want to kind of ask you is what seeds are you going to plant? Uh, th this may seem pretty obvious. Is like that's a first question to ask. Well, what seeds are you going to plant? Uh, we don't have to look very far to figure out what seeds we're going to plant because Paul in the book of, in his letter to the Galatians says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. These are the things we need to be planting. Uh, you know, these two verses in, in Galatians is two of my favorite verses in all of the New Testament. Uh, one day, write it down, I don't know when, but we're going to do a sermon series on the fruits of the spirits because there's so much richness in there and how we should be living our lives. Um, the, the thing is, is that um, throughout Scripture, 
Scripture cautions in moderation, even in good things. Scripture kind of leads us to believe that, that, that too much of anything is a bad thing except for the fruits of the Spirit. Paul says in there, of this, there is no law. You can have as much as that kind of stuff as you want. Uh, one of the things I want to challenge you to do this week is to just pick one of the fruits to focus on this week and then spread those seeds wherever you go. Uh, I've been looking at them a little bit longer because I've been working on it this week. And as of yesterday, I decided that, that, that I'm going to focus on peace because I was not a very peaceful person yesterday. And, and I think that our society is in such anxiety that it needs people of peace. So that's the one I'm going to pick. But what are you going to plant uh, after you decide what, you're going to plant, the next thing you've got to do is plant the seeds. Uh, once again, right, obvious, you got to plant the seeds, but how many times have you been to Lowe's or Hannah's Nursery and bought a packet of seeds and it just sat on a shelf in your garage and you never planted them? It will not grow unless we plant the seeds. And the same thing is true of our life in Christ. How many times have you just sat here and thought to yourself, man, I need to make a change. And then by lunchtime, it's gone. Now, that's not a guilt trip. I am the same way. There are so many times that I'm standing up here talking to you about bridging the gap. And in my brain, I'm going, you ought to really try that. <laughs> you know, one of the ways in which I've come to think about how we can truly change our lives, how we can truly take a step to becoming different, is through some of the work by uh, author James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits. And I subscribed to his newsletter, and this week I got... Uh, uh, a great little nugget that went right with, with what we're talking about today. Uh, listen to this. This is James Clear um, about starting. It's rarely doing the work that is hard. It's starting the work. Once you begin, it's often less painful to continue working. This is why in the beginning, it is often more important to build the habit of getting started than it is to worry about whether or not you're doing enough. Uh, one of the things that I think keeps us from living out a faith in Jesus is because the mission seems so big. And it is, isn't it? Uh, there was an author who wrote his first novel in 1847. Um, over the course of 38 years, Anthony Trollope wrote 30, uh, 47 novels, 18 works of nonfiction, 12 short stories, two plays, and an assortment of articles and letters. He did this by writing in 15-minute intervals. He was in the business of writing books, pretty big task. Uh, 
but he did not measure his work in number of books or even number of chapters written. He measured his success in 15-minute intervals. Small things over time that make a big difference. Don't get overwhelmed with the, the big picture. Start small. Do the little things it takes to sow the seeds of the kingdom of God. What can you do this week to show kindness to your neighbor who's had a bad week? When you encounter someone who's angry, what can you do to be gentle and kind? When times are hard, what do you do to show joy? Every act of love and service that we offer, every comforting or encouraging word, each time we share something of our faith, we are sowing seeds. When we journey with Jesus, we're called to authenticity, not to greatness. Uh, I'm going to invite our um, worship band to come back up as we close our time together. Uh, Mark continues to challenge us to change our hearts and minds. And there's one last part of the mustard seed parable I want to lift up. Uh, it says this, consider a mustard seed. When scattered on the ground, it's the smallest of all the seeds on the earth, but when it's planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all vegetable plants. It produces such large branches that the birds, uh, that the birds in the sky are not are, are able to nest in its shade. When we do our part, and God does God's part, then we become a safe place for people. We become a place where people can come and find community and acceptance. Uh, Jeremiah, when we were meeting this week uh, and talking about this text, he mentioned that the birds that would nest in these weeds of a mustard seed plant uh, were not well loved by the people of the day because they would go out and eat their crop and take away some of their revenue. And so these birds were kind of considered like rodents. Think about that. The kingdom of God is a safe place for everyone. Everyone is important. And everyone has something to bring. Uh, the temptation we have as a community of believers is to strive for greatness, isn't it? But we are called to abide, not to achieve. Abide is a word that means stable. When we abide, when we just simply be with people, then our shoes get dusty with the kingdom of God and everywhere we walk, the kingdom of God can grow and spread. Let's pray together. Oh God, as we come to uh, a time when we worship through our giving, may we change our hearts and mind. May we 
Focus on being the real person you have created us to be. Help us to be a safe place, a place where people can come and find you. In Jesus' name, amen.